Greetings, all. Welcome to another podcast. Uh, I'm in a new room, a new angle. This may not be very flattering, uh, but changing things up. We've got some wall decor in here. This is the nine-pointer I shot last year at my buddy's place. Uh, it's new decor because I've started moving things into my soon-to-be wife's house, and that's going in the office. That's the first thing I wanted to move in. So we've got, it's our first little bit of, of background decor I guess you could call it. So, anyways, welcome to another Fitness Force episode. And deer, not that one specifically, uh, is going to be the main topic for today. Uh, and first, though, let's jump to the verse of the day. The verse of the day, this was hand, This was not a random verse of the day. This one was handpicked by me to play into what I'm talking about. So, this is, this is fitting. This comes from the book of Psalm, verse 37. No, not verse 37. This is chapter 37, verse 8. It says this, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. Here's why this is fitting. Today is all about close encounters. I've been very frustrated the last two weeks of deer hunting. Really the last three, especially the last two. uh, Because of close encounters that have not paid off. Uh, And... In particular, one that happened yesterday morning. It's December 6th right now. December 5th was so close and yet so far away from what I've been waiting for all deer season long. And I blew it. I didn't, well, I guess technically I did. Um, I blew it. But it was just an unfortunate scenario. So, anyways, that's what we're talking about today. Um, and first of all, before I get into today, I just, I had to remind myself, or I was like, well, I put out a couple of YouTube videos this week, or not this week, last week, and they were kind of go- not goofy, just different than normal. One reason that I didn't put out a new hunting videos last week is I haven't been killing any deer, and I haven't really been seeing a lot of deer. So, one, I didn't want to just put out like some crappy hunting video where it's just me talking and like some turkeys. Um, so I did like a, I, I did a video. I got, a, I really like gear and I really like stuff. Which I know stuff is not what it's all about, but I like stuff and I like my stuff. So I did a, like a what's in the pack video, like everything I've been carrying around my backpack. I'm like, this is stupid. Like people don't care what's in my backpack. And I know that you don't care like how I set my pack up or what I'm carrying around. I, I, I don't care what other people's look like. I just think the way that I do it is cool and it's worked for me this year. So I made a video about it. Man, because I didn't have any hunting video stuff to post. But I was like, man, I was like, I don't want to post all the stupid stuff nobody cares about. And I was like, I want to get on here and talk about these stories like I'm trying to tell people what to do or like what to look for sound that way. I had to remind myself. So I just want to remind you and also remind myself, like the whole reason I'm doing this is really just to tell stories. Whole my the whole podcast idea started because I love telling stories and this is just my my outlet now. So or one of them. So again, and not that I'm really doing this in this episode, I don't feel like, but I'm not talking at you or trying to tell you like, I, this is how I do things. Like, if you do this, it'll work. Because clearly it's December 6th, and I have not shot a deer with horns yet. I almost shot <laughs> I almost shot a one-horned spike last night because it was looking really tasty. And I watched it for about 30 minutes. I was like, ooh. I was like, I, I took the safety off twice, and I just couldn't talk myself into it. Figured if I was trying to talk myself into it, I probably shouldn't. So I didn't. But anyways, that being said, here's some more stories. All right, so deer hunting close encounters edition it's been my main goal this year 
And I've gotten a lot of this. I know I mentioned a lot, but you know, watching the hunting public guys and just being how successful they are, like hunting sign and just how different that is from how I've hunted in the past. I mean, like actively looking for fresh sign and not stopping until you find it. That's been my mentality going into this year because every other year all I've done is look at trail cameras here and there and then walk in, sit for hours and hours and hours. That doesn't work. Get up, move, sit somewhere else. Um, and yeah, like sitting all day this time of year based on Saturday, this time of year, yeah, it can be some sitting all days that you want to do. Uh, and uh, so close. Anyways, uh, here's some close encounters that I've had. All right. So I've spent a lot, I spent pretty much all October and the first week in November, which was, uh, I can't remember. First, really this past weekend was the only weekend that I haven't done a whole lot of walking and scouting while I've been in the woods uh, because I felt like I was where I needed to be. Rolling my eyes. Um, two weeks ago, I'm going to get some of these dates confused in my head and that's okay. It's just whatever. A few weeks ago, uh, I found one really, really good bedding type of area. It was just on the edge of a bedding area. It had a whole lot of fresh sign. There were rubs everywhere that were really fresh. Uh, Dana and I, on the first weekend of muzzleloader, had jumped a doe out of that spot. Came back in the next weekend, I killed a doe out of that spot. There was more fresh sign in there. Uh, and so I, I go into the next hunt after seeing all this new fresh sign. I'm like, all right, I'm going to kind of camp out in here for, for a day. And get in there in the evening and I hunt somewhere close to it in the evening. I didn't sit in that exact same spot. Probably should have. Uh, and then as I'm walking out, so try to explain this, this spot is kind of on, on just a, it's kind of right at the top of a point that falls off into a little Creek bottom. And it's got some thick, pretty high stem count, thicker stuff in there where they can bed. And there's two points right next to each other with a ridge in the middle. And I'm hunting on one of these points. So the night before, if you draw a line up the hill from that point, it comes out into a field. We've had food plots in that field in the past. We don't this year. There's a lot of clover in it. Uh, and I didn't hunt the field, but I wanted to kind of make a loop through it on my way out. And if you draw a line from that bedding area, all that sign straight up to the field, as I, the field's kind of got, for the sake of this story, a little bowl in the middle of it. And as I'm walking through the bowl, it's, it's all got bush hog this summer. And even, and this this has been interesting for me to see, uh, so I didn't expect this necessarily, but on a lot of the thick brush that got bush hog that's still standing pretty tall, I mean, as tall as I am, uh, that's standing five, six feet off the ground, I thought what at first what I was seeing was that brush where the, br the bush hog blades had just kind of skimmed it. Uh, and then I realized that there's been some bucks in there making rubs on a lot of that brush that got cut off, but still standing fairly tall. And there was one that was, a really, really big, thick piece of brush. It comes up with splits, and all those splits are all torn up, and it was real fresh. And I'm looking at that as I'm cutting through the field. I'm like, damn, and it's dark now, and it's it's right at dark, dark. And I'm thinking, crap, there's been one in here. And I pop over the top of the hill, and I'm about 20 yards from the edge of the woodland when I do it, and all I hear is a blow, and I see a tail. I'm like, crap. I'm like, of course. And so this deer hops into the woods, blows once, and I had my grunt call on me, so I pull it out, and I grunted a couple of times, and I like snort wheezed at it, and the deer actually ran. I thought I was, I thought it was actually going to run out into the field because I went running into the woods. Okay. Side story here. I, sometimes this works and sometimes it doesn't. I like to be, when I spook deer, I like to be super aggressive. 
Like I'll typically, it's not very often that a deer blows at me that I don't just blow back at it. Especially if they're just confused. I'll just, I'll blow at them just to get them to be even more confused. But this one, I really, it was a big body deer. That's all I could really tell. And I could just catch just a little bit of a glimmer of horns. I couldn't tell really what size it was. I knew it was a buck. And so when he blows and takes like a couple hops, I blow at him and I go running into the woods kind of to the left of him. And I'm hoping if I go running in there, he might run out into the, like go down a little ways and hop out on the field. It's light enough to where I still could have shot. It was just, he had no chance to see it in the woods. And he gets right to the edge and then he keeps going. I can hear him get almost to the field edge and then cut back down. Well, I probably should have been in that. I bet he came right through all that sign, all that bedding area coming up from the bottom out into the field. But anyways, I was hunting kind of on that same, kind of same elevation line, just way down. Oh, and I had freaking, I thought I was had a rutting buck coming right at me. Because all of a sudden I hear coming across the creek, same height as me, but on the other ridge, I hear the woods just blow up. And I'm thinking, here they come. And I'm getting ready and I'm looking right down this drive. It's a real nice funnel comes up. And it just sounds like I heard a horse is coming. And here comes a doe. Comes running up. She ran not 30 yards past the side of me. And I was going to shoot a doe. And, but I, I just know there's a buck trail behind her. So I'm like, ah, I said, not worried about the doe. And I spin around and here comes two dogs. The neighbor's dogs, it, our, our property kind of forms like a big horseshoe. And right in the middle of it, there's a little, it's probably not five acre piece that the neighbor owns. And their dogs had chased this doe through. Anyways, uh, and I actually had, I'll put a couple pictures up right here if you're watching the YouTube version uh, of those dogs that got them on trail camera. Uh, that I, a car that I pulled that day that I had not pulled since August. Uh, I caught them on that a lot. Anyways, they chased this deer through. Uh, I'm all bummed, but that buck probably walked right through that, that bedding area. So I plan on going in there the next morning. I didn't spook him real bad. He didn't know what was going on. Uh, I go in there the next morning and I got in there super early. It was really quiet, like really, really quiet. And so like, I'm going to really, really take my time because it's not far off the road at all. Uh, so once I step off the road, I'm not making a whole lot of noise for very long. I can get in my spot and get sat down. It's the, I was going to sit in the same tree, um, if you saw the YouTube video of me shoot, I shot a doe like eight yards sitting in like a dead pine tree. I was going to that same tree root because um, that's the area that I was wanting to be in. And as I'm walking, I'm, I mean, I'm like five steps to the tree. I could have thrown my pack down and hit it. And I hear a deer on that. So you got those two points. I'm on this one. And I hear a deer stand up and start walking away on that opposite route. They're not very far. They might be 50, 60 yards from each other. But as quiet as it was, like I knew exactly what it was. And that deer's walking away. And I didn't spook it. And I don't even know if it got up because of me. But it starts walking down towards the creek. And I get into my little tree root. And I, I grunt just a couple times. And he turns and starts walking. And then as soon as he did that, because well, I, I thought, if I don't grunt at him now, he's, gonna, he's leaving. I assumed he got up because of me. Like He's going to work down there and, and not come back. Problem is, it's still dark. And I can't see. <laughs> and so... This deer is walking up the other ridge. He's about to get above the gullet where he can just cut right over to me. And I'm hiding behind this tree root and I hear him coming. And I he I don't know how close he got, but he got pretty, he got darn close. And finally just stops and stood there for a couple minutes. And the point where I'm waiting for I'm like, if the sun would just come on. And I keep waiting to hear him blow or take off. And finally he he takes a couple hops, blows, takes a couple hops, and he's hung around for a few minutes, but it Still wasn't close enough to daylight me having a chance to see him. But there I am thinking, like, 
first night I knew where the sign was. I didn't hunt it. I should have because I'm sure that deer walked right through it. Second night, I could have at least seen it. I can see the top field line from where I'm sitting down on the bottom uh, to at least have seen him moving through. And then second, here I, I get in here early in the morning. He's just sitting around on the other ridge, and I can't. It doesn't work. So long story short, I spent a lot more time that next weekend walking around, and I find the mother load of scrapes off the backside of, of that that field that we haven't really hunted a lot. It's a spot that nobody's been in this year that I know of. Uh, nobody would hunted, and there's a massive deadfall uh, that I can sit right up against this tree that's still standing, be in this deadfall, be brushed in really, really well without adding or changing anything to it. Uh, and within, if I drew a twenty, if I drew a fifty yard circle, there's probably a, at least a dozen fairly scrape, fairly fresh scrapes in it. Uh, and then if I walk another 60, 80 yards, I hit another point. It's got a whole lot of rubs in it, but it's sitting on a really, really steep drop off. I like just a really steep ridge. And this is the one kind of little flat transition spot. And on both sides of it, the contour lines get real tight to where even if they're up on the hillside around it, they kind of got to pinch down right in the spot. And I'm thinking like, Hmm, rut travel corridor. Hmm. This is it. Like this is going to be the goods. So I get set up in there. I sat there that one evening and didn't see any deer. Put a camera up there. Uh, go back in there yesterday morning and sit. I'm like, I'm not walking around. I'm not scouting. I'm not exploring. I'm not doing that crap. Like I'm sitting my happy butt right here, and I'm not moving until at least 11 o'clock. And then I thought, you know, there's some food plots on the other side that I may go look at uh, that I may have sit on. Because our food plots, are, you know, we see a lot of deer in there late season, it seems to be. Uh and we haven't seen a whole lot of deer over there at all yet this year. Uh, but late late December, that one January weekend hunt, tends to be really, really good over there. So anyways, the guy might, we've had a couple of really cold nights. I might get over there and hunt that, which I ended up doing, which I hadn't. But anyways, so I'm sitting there, all hunky-dory, settled in. It's rained the night before. It rained Friday. This is Saturday morning. So everything was really, really quiet. I got in there probably 45 minutes at least before daylight. It might have been an hour. Uh, I left Knoxville. I got up at three, left, uh, got there plenty early and get set in, ready to go. It's really, really quiet. And I don't see anything for the first, ah, probably two hours. Uh, it was slow. And then nine o'clock, right at, all right at almost nine, I think it was, 8.45-ish. I'm sitting against the street and I'm expecting the deer to either come from right in front of me or behind me. And my assumption is that at some point, they're going to cross in this little big opening on this ridge of up. Great. I'm sitting in this tree and I hear one coming behind me. And I'm thinking, I've heard a few squirrels that morning. And everything was really quiet as well as it was. But I'm thinking like, I need to get turned around because that's got to be a deer. And I'm still, I'm doe hunting. If I've got a doe tag, I'm going to shoot a doe. Some people wouldn't. I don't care. I'm going to shoot a doe. If nothing else, she's, she's buck bait laying out i don't think i think that's nothing but good that's personal opinion anyways i'm laid up against a tree i gotta act this out because i'm still gonna get ticked off talking about it not ticked off that's why i said the verb i can't get mad because at least i had an at least i was i made the right choice it just didn't work i didn't mm. all right i hear this deer kind of thing all right you better you better turn around and as i turn to look no joke I immediately see a doe that is not 10 yards from me. She's snuck up this hill. And because I'm sitting kind of behind me, here's me. This kind of falls off down to the lake. And what I heard was that doe and this buck coming up 
the steep part. They were just running to get up it, I think. And I think that I heard him, and when I turned, she's already there. Well, instead of just cutting along the ridge, when I turn and see her at 10 yards, she is jumping over a limb and jumping into the deadfall that I'm sitting in. And my very, my initial thought was, are you kidding me? Like, you're getting in this tree with me. I don't know what she was doing. I mean, she, I guess she was just browsing around for some, trying to find some old acorns around this. I don't know what she was doing. Anyways, I turn on. My initial thought is, oh, this is not good that she's getting in this tree. My immediate next thought was, holy crap, because all I see behind her, I saw, first of all, I saw him, he was between her legs. All I see are horns and his head, and he was every bit as big as this deer behind me, this deer I killed last year. Mass-wise, he was bigger. White, I mean, starch white antlers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this looks like a freaking Outdoor Life magazine picture. And he's just... And I'm like, oh boy. It's like, here we go. And the woods are fairly open. This is not a super, super thick spot. It's just a really good little pinch point. And so I am I'm stuck to this trunk like glue. And I've got the, the gun sitting across my lap. And I, I turn just to look one time, and I'm not kidding. I didn't pace it out because I was distracted. After the fact, I was this flustered me. But I know she wasn't three yards. No, I don't know that. I know she wasn't five yards. But that couldn't have been. I'm trying to No, she got within three yards of me because when I ended up getting up after this, you could see where she had nosed around in the leaves on the opposite side of this tree trunk. And this is not a big tree. Like, it's not as wide as my shoulders. And I can, I, I, I froze when I first turned like this, and I'm watching her, and all I can see is her nose sticking out behind the tree. And it's like as soon as she ran up that hill and jumped into that tree, she stopped, and she's like, crap, what's that smell? I'm sure, because I'd farted like 20 minutes ago. I'm sure she could still smell it. I'm sure it lingered. Or just me, I mean, the fact that I've been sitting there for a couple of hours. It's not super cold. I mean, it was just 30. I think I got down to 32. Anyways, she's sitting in there. She's like, oh, she's like, there's something going on here. And she starts, she's just moving real slow. And as she is, as she takes a step around the tree, I'm, I'm like, I'm just rolling along the trunk. Like, Dear Lord, please do not do anything crazy. Like, don't freak out. That's, on, that's what I was thinking in my head. I'm like, don't freak out. It's like, please don't freak out. Not me, the deer, the doe. And, I, and as I was looking, all I can see is that buck walking behind her. And he's coming right behind her, but he kind of stopped on that little flat right before it pops up to the point. I mean, he's 20 yards, and all I can see is his head. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, this is what you've waited for. Because I'm not kidding. I know every – seriously, I know this. I know everybody works hard and puts in time and works and thinks, like, methodically about what they're doing. But I do, too. And I'm like, this is – this is the moment. This is going. It's going to happen. You worked your butt off since turkey season, trying to for this moment. You thought. You planned. You plotted. You scouted. You done. It's going to work. It's like it's like don't. God, I'm like gosh. I hope this doesn't screw up. And so I'm rolling around this tree. And my thought is, it's like uh, I know she's going to bust because as soon as as soon as she takes a step, I'm sitting right there. I'm like, hi. It's like she's going to bust. But when she does, it's like, you've got to go. Like, you're running. Because once they, I'm assuming they're going to turn around and just run right back down the goal. Well, at some point, they've got to come back up the other side. 
and it's not super thick. So I'm like, I should have a shot. It's like, that buck doesn't know what's going on. He probably doesn't even know that she's trying to figure me out. And I'm like, so when they bust, you go, just run, and you're bound to have a shot. Because I'm thinking there's no way he's not going to stop and look at some point. Well, spoiler alert, he didn't stop and look. So sure enough, I hear she blows and immediately starts running. It wasn't like those blow and stomp. This was like a, like she's blowing as she's kicking away. And I know that he didn't know what was going on because Buck's here, Doe's here, I'm here. She blows, takes off. She passes him before he ever takes off because as soon as she blows, I push off the tree that I'm laying against. You like that? And I'm running out. I, I run probably maybe 15 yards. And I get to the top of the hill. The buck's behind the doe. They're both flagging, taking off. And I pull up. I get him in the, the scope. And I'm thinking, like, he's got to stop. He's got to stop. He's got to stop. And I grunt. Like, I, I think I even grabbed – I think I grabbed the grunt call while I was running and grunted a couple times. He never looked at it. He never saw me. But I grunt, grunt, put it down, find him in the scope. And I'm, I'm manting for dear life. I'm meh, meh, meh. And he just never stopped. He never even slowed down. And part of me wishes, like, dude, you should have just unloaded on him. Like, you got four shots. Boom, 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 boom. You're bound to, but obviously that's not the ethical, clear shot, good thing to do. I didn't. But, man, God, he was a brute. For me, he's not, I mean... He's not your 14-point double drop time sticker kicker. I mean, he, was, he was an eight-pointer, but he was a darn good one. And I'd have, oh, I'd have shot him in a heartbeat. And it was just so perfect. It worked exactly like I thought it was going to work. And I just did not expect – I didn't expect him to step on top of me. I had no intent – I did not think that doe was just going to run me over like that. That's – that doe that I shot in muzzleloader got really close, but this doe cut that in half. If I was standing flat-footed, I could have jumped and, and made it to her. So this is what I'm taking with me next time. Let me show you. And if you're listening, if you're listening, you can just imagine. So I have my normal 30-06 that I take. Let's go. Next time, if I'd have had this gun, I could have definitely shot the doe. And I probably couldn't have killed both of them. Maybe. I, I couldn't have. I couldn't have killed both of them with this. But as close quarters as I found out this spot could potentially be, I'm taking both of these guns. One, I think it would be really, really cool to kill one with this. This is my college graduation present for my grandfather. It's a Henry 3030 Golden Boy. It's pretty, pretty sweet. Uh, but I could have at least the doe, if with her having been where she was, I couldn't have turned around and like totally full on scoped her and, and shot her from there. But well, I could have at least, I could have at least just turned and just gone like, like, cause you can't see my right arm. If I just get the muzzle down, I could have totally put up against the tree and just gone like, and then pull the trigger, pow, shot her like that. At literally three yards. That would have been the coolest thing ever. I didn't get any footage of it. Cause when I turned around to look, like, oh, I bet there's a deer coming. And I turn around, she's right there. The last thing I wanted to do was reach out and go, beep, and turn my camera. She would have heard the shutter. She would have heard the thing open. I know she would have. 
So I got zero footage of them. And then, of course, I'm not going to, when they bust, like, oh, they get the camera. Go. No, the self-hunting thing is crap. It is terribly difficult. Fishing's fine. It's easy to film yourself fishing. You just turn the button on and go. This, no. You can blow the whole day up. So I didn't try to do that, which I don't care. I wouldn't have done it anyways. So my thought is, only because I would love to kill one with this and I don't have a whole lot of times during rough season where I'm totally okay with having like a limited range. But here it is, because I'm not going to have a long shot. And what I realized, especially after that, is that, sorry, YouTube, yeah, YouTube's fine with guns, whatever. People shoot stuff on here all the time. Uh, that's a sweet little gun, though. I've shot it before. I haven't hunted with it. He's like, we can get a, you can get something to put the scope on. I was like, I don't want a scope on this gun. I was like, this is just, it's just sweet. Right Ride them like the old Texas Ranger. I don't know what tech gun the Texas Ranger had. Anyways, because uh, all these deer are going to have to at some point cross pretty close. The only time they wouldn't is if they cut across the top of that ridge. I see when I've hunted this field in the past, it's been one of my best stands in years past. It's hunting up there on the field. The does, I know, pass up, up top, up high pretty regularly. But I think for what I'm trying to do, which is kill a legit nice deer uh, i don't have to be down there in the bottom because the does come down there too uh, but it's just it's a such a great and the wind was perfect it was coming off the top of the ridge coming right down to where they could just run that ridge and send check and man it was it was almost so good when i was there the last weekend on the opposites i i called i did like a calling sequence and i heard a deer get up and i'm sitting kind of like okay so a little I'm doing all the hand motions today. This is what it's like to be in my classroom. I teach high school. And seeing me talk with my hands, this is what I do at school all the time. I'm sure it drives me crazy. It's like, I don't know what to do, so I just use my hands. Uh, yeah, so last week, there was a it's, you know, a little creek comes back from the lake. And I'm not like on the lake. The lake's way down off, a little, off these cliffs. Uh, but creek comes back. The other side of that pocket is pretty good ways for me. It's core, core of engineer land. Uh, ours, our land is not wrapped around to the other side of that pocket. Uh, but I did a calling sequence and I heard one get up on the other side of the lake and start moving. And I never saw the head of it, but I saw the back half of it. It's a real big deer. So it could have been this one, could have been some other deer. I pulled the camera. It had only been sitting a week. Got two nice deer on it. One is a really, really big eight pointer. It would be, it's a seven because it broke off its G2, it looks like. Uh, is that right? G3, 2, maybe? Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. I'll, whatever. Uh, that was an attempt. I apologize. That was an attempt to sound like I know what I'm talking about, and I don't. It broke off its whatever horn was right behind the main beam on the left side. But it's a stud, and it's a really, really cool shape, like character. Like it, it bends like the front main beam the main beams instead of coming out they kind of come in like looking at it from the side angle like this picture is it's real flat like it but it's got really it's got good mass i mean you can tell it's a mature deer that's a cool that's not the one i saw though because the one that i saw did not have it didn't come flat like that in the front there's two deer that i have on camera that i think there's a possibility this one was the first one is this has been in some of the youtube videos it's a nine pointer that we've only gotten one video of and it's down, it's along one of the lake ridges. Um, 
I'm going to do a whole podcast on things I've learned now that I've actually put in real effort into the hunting season about hunting this piece of property and hunting these kinds of places. Uh, one of the big ones that I'm talking about is just realizing how transient these lake deer are and just how much ground they cover. Not just in the rut, like all year, like summertime. It's bizarre to me, at least. It seems that way. Uh, but I don't think it's that deer because I saw this deer's right side most of the time when I saw it. I didn't see a lot, but every time I looked, it seemed like it was moving to the right. Um, and I never noticed that split main beam, the crab claw. And I really, I really think is I would have noticed that there's another deer because of how wide its antlers were. There's another deer that I think it might be that I only have one or two videos of, uh, which I'll show you right now. That's the one I think that if it was one that I've gotten on camera, that's the best chance. It was most likely that one, but it was just so pretty and symmetrical and white. And I would love to have killed it. But I did not. I love to kill the doe, but obviously I'm not going to try to shoot the doe with that buck standing right behind her. I'll be back. I'm going there next weekend, and I'm sitting in that spot all day long, and I'm not going to move. I'm going to take lunch with me. I'm going to take a more comfortable chair, or I'm just going to sit on the ground. The ground would probably be more comfortable. It was just so wet. I took one of those little bitty stools and sat in it. So that's the plan. But anyways, let's let me take a breath. Went all worked up talking about it. I'm gonna take the old golden boy with me. Give that a shot. Uh, let's take a transition. We've had some fishing news come out that I'll mention very briefly. Looking ahead to next year, and yeah, then we'll continue. We'll get wrapped up. Okay, so as far as fishing news goes, um, the BFL schedules have come out which are look good. They look fun. Uh, and the Morristown Marine schedule. I, I don't know when it came out, but I've just, I've just seen it. So the Morristown Marines, I've never fished the Morristown Marines before. I know a lot of people that do, uh, but the schedule for them looks flipping awesome. Uh, and I don't have it in front of me. I actually do have it on my phone. I could pull it up. Uh, but it's something along the lines of, you got Watts Bar in March, which I love Watts Bar anyways. Uh, that I think it's the last weekend in March. I want to say it's either the 13th or the 27th are the days I have in my head. But you got Watts Bar in March. In April, you've got Douglas, I'm pretty sure. You know what? I should probably just look at the schedule. All right. Oh, no, totally wrong on a lot of things. March 6th is Watts Bar. March 27th is Norris. That'll be good. April 10th is Cherokee. Good. April 24th, Douglas. Good. May 15th, South Holston. Good. And then you've got... At the end of October, they're classic. Uh, that's a dang good-looking schedule, I think. Uh, so I'm I'm currently in the uh, in the market for a Morristown Marine partner. I'm trying. I've talked to a few people, uh, and I know it's kind of hard to commit to a whole year of tournaments a few months out. But definitely want to fish the Morristown Marines. It's cheaper to fish them than it is to, even to fish the BFLs. It's 135 a pop which includes big fish and you pay a $50 membership fee for the year. So that's not bad at all. Um, and I like the Morristown Marine guys a lot. I know quite a few of them. So I figured, heck, sounds like a good plan. So I'm going to fish the Morristown Marines. My boat is at Morristown Marine right now. I'm getting a new lower unit put on it. I'm sure I've shared that with you before. If I haven't, I ripped my lower unit up at the James River. I kind of suspected it. Um, and then took it up there the day I got back for a service. I was like, yeah, just uh, 
100 hour service, knowing that Kevin would tell me everything else that was wrong with it, which is why I take it up there because they're great. Uh, he's like, yeah, you kind of ripped through. In a long story short, in a much nicer way, he said, yeah, you kind of ripped through lower unit shreds. Uh, I think that your prop, one of your prop ears would have flown off if you took it to the lake again. I was like, awesome. So it's getting a new lower unit. Shout out Grange Insurance, covering all that, except for the deductible, which is phenomenal. Uh, so one, to fish in Morristown Marines, because it'd be fun. I haven't fished a team-style tournament in a long time, probably since college. Uh, and then doing volunteer BFLs, which have got Chickamauga the last weekend of January, which is cool uh, and different. I like that. March, I'm going to forget them. Is March Cherokee? I want to say March is Cherokee. That sounds right. March is Cherokee. You don't have a tournament in April, but May 1st is Douglas, and then May 22nd is South Holston. And then their super tournament is Watts Bar, I think, uh, for the volunteers. My initial plan, before I decided I was going to do the Morris Towns, I, was gonna, I wanted to fish the Music City BFLs too, just for the sake of getting to run around with Elliot uh, one of my fishing partners and good friends and going to be my wedding from college. Uh, but the music city schedule, one of those conflicts with Lucas's wedding and on April 4th and the Morristown Marines are closer and I think they'd be more fun. And some of those music cities place I've never fished, which is actually why I wanted to fish. One of the reasons I want to fish music city. And so we could all go to the same regional anyways. Uh, oh, and the regional for volunteer is what is it? Murray. Murray in South Carolina. So anyways, that's good news. That'll be fun. Cause I think I'm 90, I haven't looked at it. Honestly, it's a year out, but I'm pretty sure it's a blueback herring lake. And I love blueback herring lakes. For some reason, they just, we just go together. We, we like each other. I think there's more largemouth there than some of the other blueback ones that are mainly spots, but I may just be thinking wrong. Anyways, Murray will be fun. And it's October too. So, but it's not the Morristown, October one. That's another good thing about Morristown is none of the tournaments conflict with anything. So, okay. Uh, that's, is that the majority of fishing wise? I think so. I'm not sure, but that sounds about right. Um, good news for the hunting is that, and this is only good news for the sake of hunting, is that I have fallen victim to the COVID quarantine. I am like four days in to my 14 day quarantine. The only good thing about that is that my weekends are now scotch free and some previous engagements that I was promised to are now null and void and I get to hunt both the weekends. That's why I got to hunt yesterday. Uh, and next weekend, I won't have a whole lot of school planning to do because it's the last week of school and reviewing finals are coming up for my kids. And that means I can hunt both days next weekend and be totally good with it. So, Anyways, yeah, quarantine's great if you like to hunt fish. So if you like to actually go to work, then it's terrible, uh, which that's one. Some people may like working from home. Working from home when your high schoolers are in their classroom is very difficult and not something that I enjoy or recommend. Not because it's hard. I mean, it is harder. It's hard for them to learn because you're not there. And all of your coworkers have to help cover your classes, which is a great source of guilt for me. Some people wouldn't care, but I feel terrible. So shout out, I know he doesn't listen to this. Shout out to Elijah Harris, Will Brimer, uh, Diana Judy, and 
everybody else that has and is going to have to cover my classes for the next week and a half. My sincerest apologies. Uh, and also my sincerest thanks. So thank you to you all. And every, uh, it's just it's just part of teaching right now. And that's totally, totally cool. Uh, but some of us some of us are, are don't mind it as much as others do. I know a lot of people view it as a huge inconvenience. I try to be helpful and cover when I can. Because I know that at some point somebody's going to have to cover for me. And unfortunately, they're having to do that now. Uh, but we've got some great people at Gibbs. It makes it a whole lot easier. Uh, so shout out to them, none of whom listen to this podcast or will ever hear it, but shout out to them. Uh, yeah, I think it's all I got. Close encounters, fishing schedules, thoughts. Um, yes. Oh, one more thing. And this is probably more exciting for me, uh, to me than some people, maybe not. So fans of the podcast here in two months i'm gonna do our very first run of apparel we're gonna have shirts and hats on pre-sale for two weeks and then i'm gonna put in an order for shirts and hats and it's all gonna be just to to raise money for tournament season and to get some merch out there if you want to rep the, the podcast and the channel and in the videos then hey that would be really cool so thanks if that ends up being you. But I'm, I don't know what kind of hats I want yet. I'll try to get some input from some people. Uh, I know the leather patch hat gets done a lot. But it's also pretty easy to order and make happen. I'm thinking maybe just like a stitched stitched logo on a hat. I don't know. Thinking a long sleeve shirt. Maybe a pocket. Maybe not. Probably not. I'm not a fan of the pocket as much as I am just a regular long sleeve shirt. But who knows what's going to happen. But that's going to be probably January, February. So be on the lookout for that. If you got some cool ideas for some apparel, let me know. Or good references. Okay. That's all I got. Have a phenomenal evening, a phenomenal week. Make the most of it. God bless you. Thanks for listening to Finished Forest. I hope you'll have a wonderful day. And goodbye. <laughs>